Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, an introduction to Sant Mat, the path of the masters, India's saints and poet mystics, lovers of the beloved, and practitioners of Surat Shabd Yoga meditation, love of the inner light and sound of God. of the world religions there is a kind of mystic core of lovers of the beloved mystics saints those given to contemplative meditation and visionary experience quite often there are parallels between different schools of mystics for instance saint mat shares some of the same values and there are other parallel teachings with Sufism, the mystical branch of Islam, and Jewish mysticism, also known as Kabbalah. Santmat shares some views in common with an ancient school of the Western world called Gnosticism. These cousin schools of mystics, Gnostics, Platonists, Pythagoreans, Sufis, followers of Kabbalah, and saints have similar views to a large degree. I think of them as cousin schools of mystics. There is a belief that the repetition of sacred names is very essential. There is the contemplation of the form of the living teacher. Each of these has much to say about light mysticism visionary mysticism, seeing with another kind of vision, seeing the unseen with the mind's eye, or the seat of the soul, sometimes referred to as the single eye or third eye center. There is a belief that there is a multiple system of heavens, various heavenly realms, not just one heaven, but many different heavens, each progressively more divine and exalted. There is also auditory mysticism that's present in the schools of mystics of the past and of the present. A view that in the beginning the sound of God's voice vibrating Everything into existence is the first cause of the multiverse. And that we may, as souls, focus on divine sound and descend back to the place where the sound originates. That we can go back to that timeless state before the beginning, before time. In the beginning was the Tao, in the beginning was the Om. In the beginning was the song of creation. In the beginning were song lines. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the Tao. In the beginning was the Logos. In the beginning was the Shabda. There is a view in mysticism that heaven can be experienced now. Not just stories about the future, 
or afterlife, that there is a present tense kingdom of God that souls right here, right now, can access. It's not just about tales, mythology, stories, but there is a system, a systematic approach, methods that we can learn to get there from here, right now, during this present life, indeed, during this present moment. There is a view that there can be living masters, that if there were masters centuries or millennia ago, how did they get here if it's impossible for there to be masters today? You can't have it both ways. It's either possible for people to be saints, or it has never been possible for people to be saints. You can't have it both ways. So, in schools of mystics, there is usually a process of initiation. There are living teachers, not just scriptures written by people who died centuries ago, but living teachers, living spiritual guidance that can be had. Knowledge, mysteries that's passed on from generation to generation that we just sitting looking at ancient texts can't figure out on our own. There is a living impulse that is passed on from one generation to the next and it's important to tap into that living wisdom by having a living teacher. Mystics share a lot in common, but the point of it all is one must be able to access such a living mystical tradition. One may not want to convert to Islam. One may not be able to convert to Judaism. One would have to build a time machine in order to become an initiate of Gnosticism, since that's an ancient path that existed during the 1st century AD, 2nd century AD, and for some during the 3rd and 4th, so it's not really a living tradition in that particular case. The same might be said for Platonism and Pythagoreanism, or Essenism, hard to get there if they're not here, you know, it's hard to, hard to get to the feet of an Essene teacher if you have to know how to travel time in order to do that. So we must have access to a living tradition in our world, in our situation, in the present moment. And we may not need to convert to a different religion, learn different rituals of uh, burial and marriage and so on. There may be options that living people can have right now, short of converting to a different religion or moving to a different country. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, an introduction to Sant Mat, the path of the masters. The term Sant means saint. A Sant is a saint, a living master, a living teacher, and is defined as someone who has merged with God at the level of the fifth heaven above. Now why the fifth heaven as opposed to the fourth or the sixth? The fifth heaven, as defined in Saint-Mont, is where you go from the physical and mental regions to the first purely spiritual region in the timeless realm. Beyond time, beyond duality, God is defined as spirit and truth, and that's actually a verse from the New Testament as well. God is spirit and truth. 
and in the Sant tradition, God is defined as the eternal truth and purely spiritual, beyond duality, beyond the creation, beyond the worlds of mind and matter. And in the Sant Mat reckoning of the multiverse, the fifth heaven is the beginning of that stage of heavenly existence beyond space, beyond time, beyond matter, beyond mind. A footnote from the book Philosophy of Liberation. The term Sant is derived from the Sanskrit Sat, meaning eternal truth or reality. Thus, one who knows the truth and who has experienced ultimate reality, himself or herself, that's a Sant. Even though the word Sant does not necessarily represent saint in all cases, it's often translated in English as saint. Uh, some traditions have different views of saints. But a saint in the Sant Mat tradition is one who experiences the mystical state himself or herself. It is a title conferred because of yogic achievements or achievements or attainment in meditation. It's not something that can be inherited through papers or documents. It's not a matter of sitting on a throne or having a family business of uh, that sort of thing. It's not a title, it's not a robe that one puts on or even a turban that one puts on. It is based on one's state of consciousness, whether they are a saint or not. This is different from the way the word saint is commonly understood in Western traditions where a saint is considered to be morally correct and is only canonized or recognized as a saint after death on the basis of some form of miracle that he or she had performed during their lifetimes. In Saint Mat, a saint is a living person who leads a moral life, yes, and has achieved realization of the divine. And the neat thing about recognizing saints who are alive is you can go sit at their feet and take notes, ask questions, receive initiation from them, take advantage of them. After they're gone, all we have left is some quatrains or some verses of poetry or scripture, and sometimes not even that. In any case, no question-and-answer sessions if they've departed from this world. But a living master, by definition, is a teacher, and teachers have students, and we can benefit from being in the presence of such living teachers. In each of the world religions we find in the past, if we look through their writings, some examples of saints. Richard Roll in Christianity is someone who heard divine sound and was a great bhakta, a great devotee of the divine. Hildegard of Bingen, Master Eckhart or Meister Eckhart, Saint Isaac of Nineveh. There have been some amazing saints in the Christian tradition in the past. In Sufism we have Rumi and Hafez, Shams of Tabriz, Saramad, Baba Farid, a whole galaxy of very wonderful saints or saints coming from the tradition of mystical Islam. The same is true in Judaism. The same has been true in the past. In the Western world, there have been great sages, Jesus, Pythagoras, some amazing 
souls have come, the Essene teacher of righteousness. And there are references to sound and light, honest uh, references to heavenly music and divine sound, divine light, and an ascension of the soul process through multiple heavens. So some of these Sant Mont-like teachings have been around in the past, but of course it's only folks like us, it's only people who are initiates of Sant Mont who tend to notice this and write books about it or post quotes on the internet pointing it out. As for the rest of the world, they are not awake to the mystic tradition generally. It is only mystics that appreciate mystics <laughs> and appreciate the mystics of the past and might quote their wisdom and just really focus on the inner mechanics of mysticism, the inner light, the inner sound, the meditation practices, the universal threads that can be noticed as we explore the teachings of the saints and mystics. Swami Sanseviji Maharaj said, Blessed are the souls who in today's materialistic world have an inclination towards spirituality. Kabir once said, The Guru is the manifestation of wisdom, and an aspirant should acquire this knowledge. Without the understanding of true knowledge and moral principles, there is neither a guru nor a disciple, neither a master nor a true seeker, said Guru Kabir. Maharishi Mehi Pamhans in the philosophy of liberation said, Who is worthy to be called a true and accomplished teacher? One who has transcended the realm of ignorance and darkness and is established in the realm of knowledge and light is a true teacher. The true teacher goes beyond the material realms of form and is established in the formless state of the infinite, the divine, the supreme being, the supreme soul. The accomplished spiritual teacher gives the message about reality only after testing this knowledge on the touchstone of his or her own personal experience. The knowledge of a true spiritual teacher is not simply based on intellectual knowledge, but also in personal experience. Maharishi Mehi also said, The recognition of a true spiritual master is the most difficult of tasks. However, the one who has purity of character, or rectitude, who practices diligently the yoga of sound, and who can explain clearly about Santmat, the path of saints, can be accepted and trusted and given devotion as a spiritual master. A person without rectitude or purity of character, regardless of the other qualities just mentioned, should not be regarded as a true master, says Maharishi Mehi. Maharishi Mehi also said, if one has accepted a teacher and later finds him or her lacking in moral rectitude, that teacher should be abandoned. In spite of the teacher's exquisite knowledge, association with that teacher is not desirable if he or she is lacking in moral rectitude, moral character. 
So, philandering, pills, plagiarism, unethical behavior does matter. There has been an argument about that for a number of centuries, you know. Can you misbehave while being enlightened? If you've got the gnosis, is that all that matters? But what kind of gnosis, what kind of enlightenment is it if we have a lot of serial bad behavior and corruption? What sort of non-dual purity, oneness, enlightened state is that really? And are you going to learn that by sitting at the feet of the corrupt teacher? So ethics do matter, morality does matter. Guru verification process. This is from the Saki Granth of Guru Kabir. Satguru Kabir warns everyone and says one should make someone his guru only after thorough verification about him. One should drink water only after filtering it in order to save oneself from contamination. The one who accepts a guru without making a proper verification about him has to remain continuing in the 84 lock modes of existence of living beings in this world or transmigration reincarnation on the wheel if someone makes someone his guru without any verification about him and that guru turns out to be false and cunning how could that unqualified teacher bring fulfillment to the ultimate aim of his disciples life that's an interesting paragraph on the subject of evaluating spiritual teachers found in the book 1008 Kabir Vani 1008 Sakis of Guru Kabir from the Saki Granth published by Manaj publications of New Delhi, India on this whole question of the guru verification process. I mean, everyone has glossy literature and smiling, you know, photos of smiling people and so on. So it takes a little bit of digging, a little bit of acquaintance. And sometimes you can tell when you hear a teacher, uh, you have a sense of a spiritual charge or that your soul is being fed, you're getting answers. And in some cases, nothing whatsoever, just dry and boring and uh, no there there, no destination. So there is an inner sense of intuition one might be able to rely upon to some extent, but you know what? Not fully. There are some people that feel good about their teacher for a while, but change their mind later on. So there is a need for both inner and outer verification when it comes to living teachers. For instance, inquire from them who their teacher is. Is it an awkward response? Is it a hot topic, uh, too hot to handle? Or is it something that they celebrate exploring and sharing with you when you ask? That makes a huge difference right there. Do they have a history? Did they just drop from the sky? Do they have a relationship with a living teacher of their own? Were they a disciple before they became a master? Good to get to know the history of the guru before sitting at his or her feet. The name of the program is Spiritual Awakening Radio, 
after the break, I want to delve into a summary of the teachings of Sant Mat, mystic poetry of Kabir Tulsi Sahib, the seven teachings of Sant Mat, the goal of Sant Mat spirituality, the seven stages of ascension, couplets on meditation, seven key practices, and initiation into the mysteries, initiation into inner light and sound meditation, the qualifications to be initiated, and a little bit about how to become an initiate of a living master. An introduction to Sant Mat today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. It's great to be here as I am every week exploring the world of spirituality, meditation, mysticism, the path of the masters. Stay tuned for more after this break. Introduction to Sant Mat, the path of the masters, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. I published a booklet on the history of this path a while back. At the end of today's program, you can listen for an email address or a phone number and can request a copy of it if you like. It's more of a drier, academic type approach, more focused on the history of the path with footnotes, not so much a spiritual document. But you know, I greatly value the academic approach to cut through the fog of history. If the history of spiritual paths for Indians is a complicated subject, how much more complicated must it be for us who have grown up in the West? I greatly appreciate science and religion the academic approach to cut through the fog and myths and sectarianism of the past to arrive at a clearer understanding of what is the truth of the matter. So, for me, academic research, books like Jürgen Smyers, Radhaswami Reality, and so on, is actually very liberating to cut through the fog, to get to the, to the pure teachings, the rural, pure untainted uh, original teachings found in the countryside in the rural parts of India. Very much like Buddhism or Sufism are terms used by many to refer to any number of organizations or spiritual paths, Sant Mat is a fairly widely used general term for a certain kind of Eastern spirituality, Gnosticism or mysticism. Even as there are hundreds of Sufi orders and different forms of Hinduism, there are millions of people and satsangs, thousands of ashrams and scores of teachers or organizations in and outside of India that describe themselves with the label Santmat. Santmat can be defined as the teachings or mat of the saints or sants or sages, sometimes translated as way of the saints or path of the masters. In India, it's common knowledge that the term Santmat was coined or adapted by Param Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras during the 19th century. Santmat was adopted and popularized by Tulsi Sahib as a new name 
for this spiritual path or genre of mysticism. But the Sant tradition, with its many guru lineages or branches, is a spiritual movement that dates back many centuries to ancient India. So, Santmat is a fairly recent term from the 19th century, originating with Tulsi Sahib, for a path that's much older than the 19th century, that dates way back into antiquity. Some of its saints would include Kabir, Guru Nanak, the other nine Sikh gurus, Tulsi Das, Tulsi Sahib, Sant Radhaswami Sahib, Paltu Sahib, Mirabai, Sajobai, Dayabai, so many, countless are the lovers of the beloved, Ravi Das, Namdev, Namdev spiritual master, so many saints, so many wonderful saints, I collect their poetry, I read their poetry, which I think has given me a clearer understanding and appreciation of the path, the, the old style approach is to create hymns or mystic poems. People learn those hymns and in the process learn the teachings. All those wonderful hymns, all those mystic poems contain the teachings and render some justice to such an exalted teaching through this right-brained way of learning, through poetry, music, the art of the path. It's unknown who the first sant was in ancient times. There are references in certain Vaishnava texts to sants. Tulsi Sahib of Hathras believed that Krishna knew of sants during his day, during the time of the Bhagavad Gita. So it's a very old path that goes back to ancient times. The sant tradition recognizes Buddha as well as Lord Mahavira of Jainism as being saints. And Jesus is also considered to be a saint in the West uh, if viewed through the lens of a historic person who once existed. Not necessarily the Jesus of Orthodox Christianity as portrayed in later traditions, but that original person who once existed 2,000 years ago, um, independent of uh, what others have said since or done in his name since. So it's considered a very old path. Some of the rishis of the Upanishads, ancient Hindu scriptures, are considered to be at the level of sants as well. They had a belief in a formless supreme being inner light that can be contemplated in meditation, inner sound or nada or shabda that can be heard in meditation, an ascension of the soul process back to a formless God, that is a God who uh, is not a bearded person who sits on a throne with a form, but is more like an infinite cloud or infinite ocean of consciousness. That's what they mean by formless God, above time, beyond space, on a different level, described as ultimate reality, or Anami Desh, or Radhaswami Desh, or Sat Lok, Sach Khand, Kivalya, or Nirvana is another term. 
My favorite term is Anurag Sagar, the ocean of love. I think that has the most feeling to it and most accurate way of describing it. Now I want to delve into some of the key principles of the Sant tradition for the rest of today's program. What are the beliefs? A brief summary of the teachings of Sant Mat, the path of the masters. All souls or jivas are in essence drops of love from the ocean of God. The attachment and association with mind and body makes the soul lose sight of the real self. God assumes the form of a saint to lead the soul back to its original home. One must surrender one's entire being to the ocean of love of which we are a part instead of limiting ourselves to sensual pleasures which leave us unhappy and discontented. I was going to say disconnected. That sort of works too. This can be done by the practice of Surat Shabd Yoga or inner light and sound meditation and finally by attuning oneself to the life current which proceeds from the heart of the Supreme Being in the form of light and sound one can finally achieve union with the true self finding the joy one is seeking. More summaries of the teachings of Sant Mat after this break you're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Seek to see God now, liberation during this life, a mystic poem of Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, India. In this life, the concept of salvation all describe. To meet the Lord by dying while living, none discloses. They all speak of the goal of salvation after death. How to attain it while living, no one says. Were they to reveal the method of attaining release while living, then alone would Tulsi be convinced of their words. Who speak after seeing with their own eyes and teach the method of salvation during life are at the stage and stature of saints, for they reveal the quintessence of the soul. Within this body, also a poem by Tulsi Sahib. Within this body breathes the secret essence. Within this body beats the heart of the Vedas, the scriptures. Within this body shines the entire universe. So the saints proclaim. Hermits, ascetics, celibates, all are lost, seeking him in endless guises. Seers and sages perfectly parrot the scriptures and holy books, blinded by knowledge. Their pilgrimage and fasting and striving, but delude. Despite their perfect practice, they discover no destination. Only the saints who know the body's heart have attained the ultimate, O Tulsi. Realize this, and you found your freedom. While teachers trapped in tradition know only the mirage 
in the mirror, says Tulsi Sahib, Saint of Hathras. Seven teachings of Santmat. God is real. Two, God is love, the ocean of love and compassion. Three, all of the world scriptures teach about the same manifestation of God as inner mystical light and sound. Four, our true identity is soul, the self. Soul is part of God and therefore is, like God, pure love. Five, during this human existence we have an opportunity to experience God. Six, as we experience communing with God's love during meditation, we can rise above body consciousness and explore inner space, the kingdom of the heavens that are accessed from within us. As beloved Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj once said, we travel back from the realm of darkness to the realm of light, from the light to divine sound, and from the realm of sound to the soundless state. The drop merges back into the ocean of love. And seven, as we get initiated into the mysteries of the spirit by a living teacher, a Sant Sat Guru, the purpose of our life is fulfilled. Reuniting with God is our reason to be here. As Kabir once said, For millions of years you have slept. This morning, will you not wake? And as it says in the Sikh scriptures of India, it was for the sake of the God-conscious beings that our true Lord created this earth and began this play of death and birth. Sikh scriptures or Sri Guru Granth Sahib, welcome to Earth University. Living lives and growing spiritually and returning back home again all the wiser. Seven Stages of Mystic Ascension to Heaven According to Santmat 1. Praise or Bhakti Singing Praises Hymns known as Bhajans, Banis, Kirtans, Odes, Psalms Singing Hymns is traditionally part of Satsang 2. Prayer, Communion with God, Conversations with God Someone online that I knew once said, Santmat doesn't teach anything about prayer. Not so, of course. It's just a matter of getting acquainted with Santmat to know what it teaches. After 20 years, I started to scratch the surface a little bit. Truth be told, there are zillions of prayers in the Sikh scriptures, in Swamiji's book. Karpal Singh has a book on the subject of prayer. There are many examples of saints offering prayers according to Sant Mat, as practiced in India. 3. Manas Japa Simran The mental repetition of sacred names of God. And step number 3 is also the first stage of meditation. Number 4. Manas Dhyan Visualizing the form of the living master. The second stage of meditation. 4 or five rather, Dristi Sadhana, seeing real inner light, 
at the third eye center. That's the third stage of meditation. Six, nada sadhana, hearing inner sounds, or surat shabd yoga, the fourth stage of meditation. And point number seven, the seventh stage of mystic ascension. Reaching Kavalya, oneness with soundlessness, sometimes called the nameless one or anami parush, the formless supreme being in the supreme state, the ocean of love, beyond all forms, beyond all lights, and beyond all sounds, the fifth stage of meditation and the ultimate goal of the practice. Beyond the light, beyond the sound, the soul merges back into the ocean of all souls. A couplet of Swami Sant Seviji on meditation practice. Begin meditation with internally chanting or repeating the Guru Mantra, the charged words given by the Master. Then try to visualize the radiant form or image of the Sat Guru in the still darkness of the inner sky with eyes closed. Follow that with focusing your attention at the seat of the soul within at the third eye by making the two streams of consciousness in your two eyes converge in a point. And then the light shall appear. Then practice Surit Shabd Yoga, the yoga of divine sound. Shifting your attention away from the light to listening to the many sounds or melodies, unhad nods ringing inside. Listening to the divine sound destroys all the agitations and the fecalness of mind. Ascending beyond or transcending the many sounds, try to identify and tune into the quintessential sound, the unstruck melody called Sarshabd, which alone is capable of taking you and merging you into oneness with the Supreme Lord. This is the ultimate emancipation or liberation. More spiritual awakening radio after the break. I will explore the subject of initiation. While human beings in antiquity didn't have technology, didn't have movable type printing presses or access to the World Wide Web, in many other ways they were very advanced. They had receptivity. They had some silence, some undistracted time to contemplate. There were some very advanced souls that lived in ancient times just because they were not technologically advanced doesn't mean that in other ways they were not advanced indeed some of them were so far ahead of their time that they're still ahead of their time not terribly well understood at all for example we have this saying saying 17 of the gospel of thomas written 2,000 years ago, I use this verse to describe what initiation is all about. 
Initiation into Surat Shabd Yoga, Inner Light and Sound, Meditation by a Living Master, Sansat Guru. The Master said to his students, quote, What your own eyes cannot see, your human ears do not hear, your physical hands cannot touch, and what is inconceivable to the human mind, that I will give to you. A saying attributed to Jesus in saying 17 of the Gospel of Thomas. A really good description of what initiation is about. A new way of seeing, seeing the unseen, hearing the unheard. Discovering something that human minds typically are not even aware of at all. What could be more radical than discovering an ability to access other dimensions, other heavens, during meditation practice. A new way of seeing, a new way of hearing, a new way of discovering other realms, the kingdom of the heavens that are within you. What could be more radical than that? In the Sant tradition, the complete methods and secrets of meditation practice are communicated at the time of initiation. The Hindi word is diksha, by a living master or Sant Sat Guru, a competent, qualified teacher, or his representative. A living teacher, being fully acquainted with the landscape of inner space, is able to impart to initiate candidates valuable guidance of how to safely make the journey of ascension to the inner regions during meditation practice within. This kind of spiritual transmission and the details of Surat Shabd Yoga practice are not found in books, not found in old scriptures of the past, are not for sale, but are given freely to seekers by a living teacher. At the time of initiation, one vows to practice meditation each day. The spiritual path is a lifelong pursuit. Moral requirements to qualify for initiation. The five precepts, some of the Ten Commandments. There are other versions of the five precepts one may find in Buddhism, Jainism, Hinduism, and other paths. 1. Abstinence from alcohol and drugs, as in intoxicants. 2. Ahimsa, non-violence, in thought, word, and deed, including in the area of diet, as in following a vegan or a lacto-vegetarian diet. Absence, uh, abstinence from meat, fish, and eggs. As Tulsi Sahib of Hathra said in Sant Mat, all masters have decried killing and eating meat. A quote from the Ghat Ramayana of Sant Tulsi Sahib. 3. Leading a truthful life. 4. Practicing non-stealing, an honest ethical source of income. And 5. Loyalty to one's spouse. Another version of the five precepts. Refraining from taking the life of sentient beings. This precept also requires strict adherence to a vegan or lacto-vegetarian diet, depending on the path and the teacher. Meaning, no meat, no fish, no poultry, no eggs, fertilized or non-fertilized. 
Two, refrain from speaking what is not true. Three, refrain from taking what is not yours. Four, refrain from sexual misconduct. And five, refrain from using intoxicants. Those are the requirements for being initiated into the path. A low karma lifestyle. Maximizing inner as well as outer peace in one's life so that one may focus upon meditation practice. A low mayhem you know, life, a low karma generating life of peacefulness and tranquility as much as possible here in this world of samsara, this world of illusion and change. The individual soul has descended from the higher worlds, the realm of the divine, to this city of illusion, bodily existence. It has descended from the soundless state to the essence of sound, from that sound to light, and finally from and finally from the realm of light to the realm of darkness. The nature of the soul, or Atman, draws us upward and inwards and establishes us in our true nature. Returning to our true origins involves turning inward, withdrawal of consciousness from the senses and the sense objects in order to go upward from the darkness to the realms of light and sound. We experience this phenomenon of withdrawal as we pass from waking consciousness to deep sleep. Another way to express this is to go inward from the external sense organs to the depth of the inner self. The tenth gate is the gathering point of consciousness. Therein lies the path for our return. The tenth gate is also known as the sixth chakra, the third eye, Bindu, the center located between the two eyebrows. This is the gateway through which we leave the gates of the sense organs and enter into the divine realms and finally become established in the soul. We travel back from the realm of darkness to the realm of light, from the light to the divine sound, and from the realm of sound to the soundless state. This is called turning back to the source, a quote from Swami Santseviji Maharaj from the book Harmony of All Religions. To receive a copy of my book on the history of Santmat, send me an email at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com james at spiritualawakeningradio.com Any other questions and comments can also be, can be addressed to that uh, email, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com or send a text message to 207-358-9381 or this number, 508-603-9381. See you next time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Radio.